Welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I am Swizz. Hey, and thank you for joining us. This is the Ben and Swizz Show. We'll get into that just in a moment. But before you move on, SC Insider 100, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, also all our audio platforms on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Podcast, you name it. And on YouTube, just search for a Supercoach Insider, like, subscribe, get amongst our business. Swizz, how are you faring this week? Yeah, man, I'm going all right. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Um, look, Chris is away at the moment, ladies and gentlemen. He's been busy, I think, five dates in six days. So Chris has thrown your boy, myself, and Swizz to the curb. And, um, yeah, so it's just, look, it's one of those things. And all I can say is... Johnny loves Chachi! That sums it up. Swizz, how'd mate, you go? Mate, he's got more dates than those guys on Farmer of Once a Wife at the moment. Oh, Wow. Wow, no, look, you know, to be fair, um, props to him. Do you know what I mean? It's, uh, I'm happy for him. I am. I'm yeah, happy. well, we that's the only thing I'm happy for for him because it's definitely, I'm not happy for his super coach scores. You're not happy for his super coach scores? No, well, me either. And I'm actually kind of happy because uh, if he was here, he'd be talking about how he's ahead of me in super coach and all because of Bonton Pelly. If I didn't make him my stupid fucking captain. I would have probably been ahead of Chris this week, but no, he went VC Parish as you do, and I picked Spud Bontempelli, which didn't work out too well. So I should have followed you, I think, Swizz, on the VC Danger train. Yes, no, very happy I got on Danger. I had Stuart up to about five minutes before the game, and then just flicked it over the Danger and uh, just watched him and Parish just put on a clinic. Yeah. And you were, even I think quarter time, you're like, damn it, I should have put it on uh, Stuart and I should have known better. And then after that, I think quarter time danger just started just banging on, just racking up contested ball inside 50s. Was, he, was on a, he was on a mission, Dangerfield. He was, he was tearing up. Well, and it's been a, a constant thing for Geelong in first quarters this year. They've been really slow out of the blocks. Um, and then they just get going and that's exactly what they did. And especially with Dangerfield just sort of lifted their bo- the, the boys and said, follow me. And uh, it was very, um, oh, it was one of the gr- great battles watching him and Dangerfield just, you know, it reminded me of that Fife versus Sloan game a few years ago where I think both went about 180 uh, and they just, yeah, just carved up the match. They went monster too. I think Parrish has to get probably best on. I think the amount of contested ball he had was ridiculous and clearances. I think... Um... Danger was definitely yeah really good as well. So it's it's a hard one to split. Um, speaking of hard ones to split, Dane Zorko he he was horrible to start. Got himself in. Got two cheap goals. One as a free kick in the in the goal square. The second one was a handoff in the goal square. So he got real lucky for a couple of points there. Mind you, you'd take it getting a ninety nine off a seemingly bad game for Zorko. You would take that every day of the week. Yeah, well, what saved him was the twelve tackles. He was. Uh just absolutely turning it on, on putting the pressure on, because um, he only touched it 12 times, but as you said, those two goals and then um, all those pressure acts was the thing that boosted his score. Yeah, agreed. And, and if you're not getting the ball, the least you can do is sort of get out there and tackle. But I've been reflecting a little bit, Swizz, and I'm just going to recap what we went through back when Zorko sent me the little message. Hey, Benny boy. Zork's here, mate. Hope you have a good year with Supercoach. Hopefully you pick me up. Hopefully I can get a couple of scores for you as well. I did pick you up. 
I did pick you up. He got some good scores for me. And then what happened, Swizz? Yeah, then he got, went out and did something stupid, didn't he? <laughs> he did, but did I, the, I blessed him, though. I can't take back a blessing, can I? <laughs> did the whole Toby Green moment and then found himself on the sidelines. And But, yeah, that, that, that's what he thought of your bless. And I know I'm just going to go get a three-week holiday. Pretty much. Um, but, hey, look, that's pretty much how the, how the cricket crumbles. So, for today, what I want to do is I'm just going to go through, uh, touch on um, Chris's side. Swizz, you can talk about your side for a smidge just in our introduction here. Go through some other options people are looking for, those that you might want to finish your side, particularly noting on a couple of those cheaper options. I think people are, at this point, strapped in cash mostly. So, they're trying to work out, okay, do I bring in a Marshall or should I try and bring in a Dugowie and these other types? and working it out from there. So at this point in time, the Ben and Swiss Show, mate, we can do anything we like. Uh, we should even try and organise a couple of phone calls, mate. We should just, you know, mix it up, live large. Oh, yeah, we, we, we can do whatever we want, as you said, mate. So uh, we, where would you like to begin? Um, well, look, I think there is one thing we need more of. We need more lemon pledge. We need more lemon pledge. Um, good old family reference. I was I actually kept one for Chris. As soon as he talked, I was going to be like, "Shut up, Meg!" Straight up in Chris's face. But hey, look, that's the way we go. I've, I've spent a little bit of time getting a couple more things here. So let's here we go. Uh, okay, let's touch on Chris's side so we can have a look now. I am ranked. I think it's four hundred and twenty-first. Obviously, Bontempelli didn't help me there. Uh, I've already spoken about my team, so if you missed it, go to YouTube, find it there. Chris scored uh, 2,581, so he had a really good week. He is now ranked 377th overall. He jumped up about 370 places. He halved his rank, basically, from 750 to 377, so he had a really good week. Uh, VC and Parrish will do that for a 190. And when you look at his side, so short actually stunk it up, but I expect those who have short to probably hold Swizz. Because uh, Hooley's out, your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. At this point, you'd, you wouldn't be trading anyone who you'd even count as a premium or semi-premium than that, unless you, have for some reason, got a ridiculous amount of trades. But I don't think there's too many people in that situation. Yeah, and even then you would save it for your um, Supercoach finals if you were playing for league. Then you would keep those trades there. So that way, if you know someone's out or someone's not performing, you can try and get the edge over your opponent for that um, was it must win, you know, life or death sort of scenario. So I'd save it for that anyway if you do have lots of trades. I'm not in that situation, Swizz. How are you going with your trades? You've got a couple? Yeah, I've got a couple, but uh, that is actually literal. I do have two trades. Wow, yeah, I don't have many at all, so live and die. Um, okay, so Chris, he got Grundy last week. That's definitely a good option for him. His forward line's full with uh, Toby Green. He's got Waitman as cover. So I'm not sure what he's looking to do this week. Bianco Newcomb, does he have any rookies on field? Madden, um, no, no, a defender. He, he, was no? talk, he was talking about bows. Um, he needs I know a defender. Of, yeah. I know that was part of our chat when I was, we were talking yesterday. Um, he was throwing up some options. Um, I know Salem got through up in one of his options. Um, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking through our group chat because I know he Yeah, did, Salem... Um, he was looking at bows. I think it was depending on how many trades you'd have left as to which option he went for, uh, through. So Salem and Salem and Reeves were the two that he was um, mostly on because he needed the cash. So yeah, Reeve, uh, Reeves comes in, but that allows him to get Salem. And um, like I think bows was he was debating on it allows him to do a little bit more on the rookie front. Um, 
but he he wasn't too sure how Bose was going to go for the rest of the year. There's been obviously some question marks about his role, so he thinks Salem's probably the better go. And um, watching him last week, because I know the wife brought him in, uh, yeah, you know he's played really well. He's played really well most of the year, so I think Salem's the better pick on uh, for uh, Christmas behalf. Yeah, Salem just chips away and gets it done as well. So. Um... And there's so many options in defense as well, so you can't really go wrong. And a good little point of difference here might actually make your season. Plus, Salem has a big ceiling as well. He can just turn it up when he wants to, uh, which is part of the benefit of him. So that's all I'm going to talk about, Chris. Uh, this is, again, I think I spoke to Swizz off the air. Probably the first and last time we'll all be in the top 500 together. So a little pat, little pat on the back here, guys. I think uh, all three of us in the top 500 is a good feat. It's a great achievement. Uh, I probably, my team is good enough to hold into the top 500, but uh, I feel like my luck at the moment, I'm going to be sliding a little bit towards the top 1,000. So we'll see how we go. Swizz, let's hit your side up. Um, Really strong. Caleb Daniel actually was a little bit underperforming this week. Yeah, a little bit disappointed. I had him on my bench the week before uh, because Highmore went 91 and he went 100. So, and then this week, yeah, the, uh, like, just the North game, it was always going to be the case. Um, he wasn't going to see as much ball down there, and, and that's exactly what happened. So there was um, a lot more points going to um, you know, the, mid, the midfielders. And even um, to the point where North, compared to early in the year, um, have definitely improved. So, you know, you've got the likes of Cunnington, um, Karen Thomas running to the midfield, doing well. Zuhar's been playing really well. So where... Some of the uh, dogs early in the year when they smashed them by, what was it, 20 goals, racked up a lot of points. In this game, yeah, the points, Supercoach um, points were really shared. I think Doggies only scored 100 points more than what the what the Kangas did. So, unfortunately, there weren't as many points to go around for the uh, the Bulldog players. Yeah, no, I feel you there. Um, just having a look, how good was the those tweeting on the, was it the Friday night? Hawkins was on absolutely bugger all at quarter time, so I gave him a little G up. Looking for Hawkins and then uh, Swizz, mate. You just kept laughing uh, every quarter after that. He just started to rack it up. Would he kick like six goals or something in the end? Yeah, I love when people go early on tweet, tweets to start giving you banter and oh, then you just I like it. Laughing in their face, and somebody else was having a crack too. And it's like, uh, once Cameron went off, there's, there's only one person to kick it to. And yeah, welcome back, Tommy Hawkins. So 108 goals. Would have liked to. Few more points for that uh, that six goals, but unfortunately, uh, Parish and Dangerfield were hogging the points too much. So yeah, very much. Um, but yeah, I'm still I'm still happy with that. So most of the the, the the only two others that really let me down was Toby Green, um, and uh, and and Lucky Whitfield, and that was a bit of a surprise because GWS got the job done against Melbourne. So I would have expected if if GWS are going to cause an upset, those Giants players would have gone big, but it wasn't the case at all. So Delhi again, 118, just keeps kicking on. Um, but that was a bit of a surprise coming out of the Melbourne and Giants game. It was more, they shared more of those points. Um, you know, your wards and Cumming and Perryman took took more of it. And there was a lot of Ds that racked up points. Um, your May, Salem, Petrarchas, McDonald's. But, yeah, the Giants uh, still got the job done, even though they were behind on the uh, old Supercoach points. You know what the painful thing is? I traded out Josh Kelly when he was averaging 90 flat. Yes, mate. And now he's averaging 107. Pretty much. But, uh, look, that's I think that's my lesson for next year. I think, 
you know, and also don't put, a, don't put forwards in your forward line that you didn't think about preseason, like your Boltons and your Langfords and your Degoys. My forward line is so shit. <laughs> it's a, it is a good lesson to everybody out there. Don't trade your premiums unless, especially those ones that you know can be river premiums, unless there's an injury, a long-term suspension, or you're trying to do something around those buy rounds, which a few did revolver. Yeah. But it's uh, yeah, early on, yeah, it comes back to burn you, and unfortunately for you, mate, Jelly has come back and burnt you in a big way. Yeah, that'll be a nice little reflection at the end of season. But the problem was is that Giants sucked, and he was playing in a bad position, scoring horribly out of position. So I was like, well, they look like a bottom four side at that point in time. They were horrible. Next minute they start winning. They get Josh Kelly in the midfield. They keep winning. And then I look like an absolute idiot. So yeah, that's, um, I think that goes down to don't pick GWS players ever. <laughs> is well, we say it every year. Maybe I'll just, every year, we every talk year about, uh, next no. year, I will not pick a GWS player. I will pick them up at a fallen rate. If I do, I won't start with a single one of them unless it's a rookie. And watch me start with five of them after saying that. Yeah, right. Josh Kelly will re-sign. He's like, oh, he's great. He's at the club. They've shown faith in him. He's going to have a great season. He was injury-free last year. I can't use that argument anymore. He's he's fresh. And, uh, yeah, no good. So, uh, interesting, interesting, interesting. And you're ranked 355 overall, so that's looking pretty good with a score of 2526. Uh, what are your plans for this week? Are you getting rid of, what, Tracy and CCJ or? Uh, definitely CCJ. Um, so this was the dilemma last week. I did talk to a few people. As, uh, as most people know now that I um, play winter cricket for uh, for my boys, Parkfield. Shout and, out. Um, we're, and we're in shout-out to that. I'm the club president, so I've got to shout it out as much as possible. Um, but, yeah, well, so we were down there. And I was talking to a good mate, uh, Paney, and that's another shout-out because I think he scored 2,630 or something ridiculous last this week. And uh, he runs our cricket club uh, league, so four divisions. Um, so I was chatting to him about, uh, you know, should I – Get Darcy in now. You burn my last two trades, Coleman Jones. Then I don't have to take his five. Um, and, and it's like, well, no, what if I cop another injury, whatever? And then we talked about mate Grimo. You know, at best we're thinking, oh, maybe Darcy pulls a one thirty, and then watch him fucking mash it um, to the point where I can't even get him in now uh, unless I burn two trades. Because I was like, well, backup plan if I can't get Grundy was always going to get Darcy. And then to watch Grundy still score 130 and then watch Darcy score 193 has completely changed my plans because I didn't want to use both traits. Yeah, because um, CCJ is your loophole too. So you took a five on field. Yeah, so and I had Tracy there, um, which would have, you know, I only got an extra 25 points. But the thing that's really cost me on reflection is Reeves. Like, if it was, I would have had to trade Reeves for 102 guy. And then I still had the money to bring Darcy in last week which, yeah, would have put me 22nd for the week and would have put me in the top 150th. So it's one of those in hindsight, I'm absolutely spewing, but, you know, I was trying to play the more safer route. Uh, So that now leaves me with a dilemma of going, do I burn both trades to get in Grundy or Darcy, or do I just use one trade with a Coleman Jones and send him to a, say, a Goldstein or a Marshall or one of those other rucks and hope that they can stay with within, you know, a, a de- decent scoring, uh, you know, um, pattern and, and, and keep with those two two main guys. So that's the big dilemma I've got at the moment. Yeah, I think a lot of people have a similar situation. Those with low trades is like, do you use all the trades to get a better player or do you use what you have? So if you have a little bit of cash, just straight up upgrade to a premium 
that might not be your first pick, but a premium that will be able to do the job and keep one trade free at least if there's an injury. Because when you're looking at the, the score difference, now if you went and used your two trades, yes, you might get a few more points for however many weeks. That's going to depend on injury. So you might get two weeks of, hey, I get an extra 10 points a game. Next minute you don't have any more trades. You've got an injury and then you're losing yourself 80 points a week for not having a premium. So that's the, the cost-benefit there. I think uh, I think Marshall could average you 100 flat and not be that far behind the rest of the boys for the rest of the year, to be honest. But again, in, injury-prone is the issue. This is, and this is the dilemma a lot of people are having. Like, um, I see it, 43% of the top 5,000 had CCJ on field, either in the rucks or the forwards. So there's a lot of people we know that are in this position who have CCJ either need a forward or need a ruck this week. Um, and Marshall is on the top of most people's lips there um, because yeah, we know what he can do. Uh, but my my concern, as you just said, is the injury um, concerns around him. Um, you know, he looked good again and scored the flat hundred. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a worry when players come back from those sort of injuries. You know, do they need to be managed? What if St Kilda lose the next sort of two or three games and they're out of contention and he's not fully fit? Do they just go, okay, we'll put you on ice for the rest of the year? Um, on the flip side, if St Kilda were to beat Brisbane and Port Adelaide and they start moving up the ladder, um, you know, and he and he looks well, um, yeah, he, we know his scoring potential and he and he's shown that last year and and even a few games this year. Yeah, that's that's the issue now. Saints have got a pretty tough run home though. I think four out of their seven are, are solid teams, and then even after that, I think it's uh, what Fremantle. Um, there's a couple others that are fairly... It's, 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 it's probably the worst draw of the whole comp. So, yeah. yeah Brisbane, Brisbane, who could still be in the gather, we don't know where that's going. Uh, Metricon, Metricon, Metricon. Oh, Metricon, they've yep. announced that. The Gold Coast, um, they then, announced uh, easier for them to get in and out of the Gold Coast than yep, it is to Brisbane, beautiful. so they're playing there. And then, so, still flying up there, and we know how good the lines are. Port and West Coast, so those... Uh, now, West Coast aren't in the greatest form, but that'll still be in Perth, and you'd Correct. Hope, you would think... So, yeah, well, that's the whole thing. He's still playing against Nato Nui. Um, or if he's forward, he's playing on McGovern. So that's not an easy matchup anyway. Carlton, um, you know, to Conning, there's plenty of points there on offer. But if he has to go forward, he might get Weedering. Or if Weedering's on King, um, yeah, there's a possibility that he could exploit that and get some points. But then, yeah, Sydney, Geelong in Geelong, and then Frio to finish after that. So, yeah, you've only got that one, and no disrespect to Carlton, but softer game. And um, Sydney, Sydney could score as well, to be honest. Yeah. Well, yeah, but the way Sydney have been playing, um, yeah, they could go either way too. So it's 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 not an easy draw at all. So no. for Marshall, I don't like the pick because if he's playing more forward, uh, I don't think the Saints are going to kick a lot of goals in, in those games. And you're really only hoping for a Paddy Ryder injury, which you don't want to hope for because, you know, he needs some luck and um, with everything that's been going on with his life. So you want to see Ryder out there. And so I don't want to wish that on him. Uh, yeah, so I don't think the Marshall pick's actually a good pick. Right. I, I do agree. Now, your other one you mentioned, though, has a more favourable draw, though, right? Goldstein, apart from, say, Nick Natnui this week, right? Then they play yeah. Essendon. So, you know, Decent enough to score against Carlton after that. Geelong with no primary ruck there anyway. Richmond, who Nank will probably be back at that point. Sydney, still you could score against Hickey. And then Adelaide. So as in, it's probably a fairly favourable draw. No crazily strong teams there except for, say, what, Geelong? Yeah, Sydney's well, that's, okay. That's... Richmond do well on their day. 
So it's only him and Darcy that avoid Grundy and Gorn on the run home. All the other rucks have at least one. Some have two, both of them. Uh, so we know Natanui's a, a good ruck, but he does only play 60 to 65% game time. Um, and Goldie, you know, there's no one chopping him out most of the time, or, you know, it's only a, you know, a small chop. So he, you know, he's going to be out there and he scores. He's one of the most reliable North players. Um, and yeah, as you said, yeah, Draper, yeah, he, he's coming along, but he's obviously not there yet. The, the Conning's giving absolutely nothing. Um, so there's points. Geelong down in Tassie, which will be interesting because Goldie does like playing down there. And then, as you said, depending on what Richmond are doing at the time and how Nate's going, it could be Nate, it could be Chole, who knows? So it is a very favourable draw. Goldie's gone 126, 76, 139 and 120 over the last four weeks, and that 76 was against Brisbane. So he he does have a habit of going on runs, and we, and we know um, his history is really durable. Like oh, I'm not worried about Goldie missing games. Yeah, he's, um, come, like, he's uh, come back into the fold too. One eleven over three, one ten over five. He was looking horrible for the first sort of up until around even the buys. Nearly he wasn't doing that great. Yeah, exactly. So, and it was somebody I was like, oh, I don't don't really want to bar off, but um, yeah, he has done this in the past too. Uh, Thinking he not last year but the year before he had a few you know real low games a couple of sixties and a seventy in there and um, then after the bye he finished on fire until he obviously played Gorn in that last game but yeah he went on about a seven or eight week run there where I think he averaged about one hundred and thirty um, so he does have uh, this in him where he goes to the buys I think two thousand and eighteen is very similar where he was only scoring seventies and eighties even a few sixties again came home after the bye. So um, it's just something that Goldie seems to do. Um, and, yeah, so it's the one I'm more looking at to back him in against some of those rucks. Because, and especially that North have improved with Cunnington coming back in and some extra games into some of those young fellas. Um, they definitely seem a much improved team compared to the start of the year. You know, with Karen Thomas running through there, as I said before, uh, LDU's look, looking good. Uh, Simpkins been playing some really good footy. So, yeah, there's uh, some better players to tap down to. So, yeah, I'd, I'd have warmed to the Goldie pick for sure. All right. So what are you thinking as far as this week's Swiss? Let's go with straight up. Let's get these captains out of the way. What are you thinking for this week? Who's your eye on? Uh, that's a bloody great question. Uh, <laughs> Throwing you, really throwing you into it, mate. No, no, no. It, 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 it's... it's um, I think for a lot of people, if you have Parrish, is the obvious one for Friday night against the Crows. Um, That's the easy one. Crows, they tend to do pretty good work as well. Yeah, exactly. So if you are one of those ones that are owning Parrish, well done, and stick the VC on him again, and I don't think he's going to let you down. Um, Then you've got the Geelong-Carlton game on Saturday Twilight. Uh, So once again, for those who've got Dangerfield and a, a large percentage brought him in last week, um, you know, once again, no disrespect to the Blues, but I think Geelong should be too good there, and it's definitely a good game for Dangerfield. Um, and then if you're looking for the, the sort of safety, the captain options, you know, the Bulldogs are playing the Swans, but that is at home, so you would expect, you know, Bont to bounce back. McRae just does what he does. Um, so I think that's a, a pretty reliable pick. I don't like Jack Steele as much this week um, playing, the, playing the Lions. So... Yeah, and, and also the I left out the Melbourne players this week because they are playing Port on Thursday night, so I don't like that matchup as much as 
um, some of the other ones. Your thoughts, mate? Um, look, I'm thinking Grundy has to be, for those that actually own him, sorry, Swizz, yeah, would have to be yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the best C option for this week. Uh, Parrish, if I had Parrish, would be easily uh, my number one pick for that. So Parrish would have to be the number one inclusion for those that have him. Um, even still, I think Merrick could be a nice little VC, but again, I think he's capped it around that 135 mark. But uh, I'm thinking, like, I don't know, like Steele's an interesting one. So he's gone really well lately. Um, Lockie Neal could be really good at lines that have them there. So um, Saints don't really tag that much. I think him and Lions, still and Lions could just kind of go head-to-head and just tackle and play for the ball there. So it's an interesting one. So I'm not too sold on that. Even uh, Dangerfield against Carlton at the MCG could be a nice little one um, if he keeps up his form from last week. So I think Grundy for me, the Bulldogs... You could always probably trust McRae, but the problem is they play an hour and 20, I think, before Grundy for me. So uh, if you don't have Grundy, then you could probably look at one of those boys. If you've got uh, Tuke Miller, throw it on, you could throw that on him and go into Grundy from there. Um, Ballarat is, well, we, we've seen what ja- um, Jack McRae's done in every game he's played at Ballarat, and I think Tuke Miller was played quite similar. So, it's, yeah, that could be a good one for the Sunday, Tuke into uh, Grundy if you own both of them. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so let's have a look for those on YouTube. We're just a little bit of adjusting on the fly here, so we can have a little look at some uh, cheaper options. So should we look at, say, break-evens or those that will look to probably make a little bit of cash? I don't think we're looking to make cash. I think we're looking at those options. Like we've been talking the last two weeks, guys who get on a really good run, who are in a good price point, somewhere between... Uh, we were looking, I think, 280 to 420 seems to be the, the common theme of a lot of people um, because that's uh, the trading out Highmore or CCJ or some sort of Jordan. So it's in that sort of price range. Some people have the no cash where others might have 100K, 150 spare that they can throw on it. And that seems to be the big debate on Twitter that I've been sort of witnessing over the last couple of days. Um, the natural thing is if you have obviously more money, then you you always want to try to get one of the top 10 premiums. So that's a no-brainer. But, yeah, the ones in that cheaper price bracket, we'll see if we can uh, pick yep. a few out there. That makes sense. I think easy one, though, is if you don't have Dangerfield and you can afford 530K, I think, as we've said already for weeks now, Dangerfield is, we felt, would be a must-have. And we were pushing that from like a couple of weeks ago. So hopefully you stay tuned and you got on that for us. Uh, apart from that, let's have a look. So we're going between, say, 310 and 500,000. I think that's probably oh, where... Oh, yeah, I, I actually went as well as 250. I don't think there's anything down there. But no, I 300. Uh, I think Darling is probably the one yeah, from that, that, that's three, yeah. that 300 mark. All right, let's go into defense first then. So we're filtering uh, these. I'm going by... Let's go and filter by highest price. Well, the, the number one there is still, if you don't have him, is Jordan Ridley, who's coming just under that. Um, and then the other one I talked about earlier was Christian Salem. So they're on the higher end. So you might not have the 500000 to get those two, but definitely they are the best two options if yep. you don't have either of them in defence. So Ridley's um, gone 109 again this week, 1010 over 3, 95 over 5. Um, he's gone back up in price over the last few weeks. So he's, yeah, definitely number one there. Um, when we move down, Salem probably number two. So he's 489 k So again, another cheaper options that people might be looking at. Uh, averaging 100.8 for the season. So, again, a guy averaging 100 for under 500,000, I think, bargain. 
Um, again, averaging 110 over 3, 90 over 5. So he had a couple of poor games, but he had a 56 and a 64. But since then, he's you know rebounded back nicely. Yeah, um, those, two, those two games were against Brisbane and the Dogs. So um, every, take out those which were top of the matches at the time. Um, everything else he's scoring has been fantastic. With Juliet, I actually think Jaden Short is yeah. huge, huge, cool. huge value. Um, Juliet, I think it's going to be into his hands more. Similar to it would be like Jaden Short in the preseason. Um, he could, for leagues, easily bang out a 150 or a 160 with the amount of kicks that he's getting or will get. So I know he, he hasn't been great and he hasn't set the world alight. But again, we kind of knew he averaged really well until Hooli came in and then his average like plateaued huge. So for me, I think he's great value if you don't have him. The only issue is he's in 36% of teams. So look at your leagues, but I think he could be in for a nice little late spike. Yeah, exactly. And uh, same with if you don't have that much money and you needed someone slightly cheaper, Lawson might be in a similar boat there um, just because, yeah, although it's always been taking a lot of those points. So, um, yeah, it's one of those those things, but we'll, but maybe we should go a little bit cheaper because there might be some people who can't get yeah, more yep. CCJ up. Uh, 428K, Nick Newman is a little sneaky one for me. Just with Doherty going down, um, Newman could actually be the one that starts racking up that pill. He's definitely in that top side now. He was a little bit on the fringe. Uh, it's a sneaky one. It's not without risk. He's at basically the same price as Hines, or Haynes, sorry, Nick Haynes. Yeah. Um, I'd probably go Newman over Haynes for me, Swizz, if you had those two. Uh, yes. Yep, just based on uh, Doherty going out. Otherwise, it'd be the other way around. Luke McDonald's a little cheap option. He started to show a little bit of good form again. Uh, scored a 94, so he hasn't set the world alike. The problem is, you know, you look at Hall and um, Zebel in the back line there is taking up a lot and a lot of points. Uh, but... McDonald was actually taking a few intercept marks and started to come back into it. So for 422K, I think he is probably another good option. Yep, yep. So I don't know. I'm not too sold on that one, though. He, he... No, no, I'm not, I'm not completely sold, but I understand people's situation. You could do a lot worse. You could do a lot worse than Luke McDonald, yeah, for sure. And you're just hoping that he comes back and has some of that scoring potential that we saw last year. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's all it's all a bit of a, a, a stab in the dark at the moment. And just scrolling down, like I'd rather him over like Duggan. Duggan's been so disappointing this year. Yeah, and that's the thing. Duggan, I think, out of contract and that. So I would have expected him to um, perform a lot better. But he's, he's had not. one good game. That's inflated yeah. his average so much. Um, Will Day. Now, what was the issue with him? Because he wasn't even on the injury list and was not even named due to injury. He's someone with Impy out that could actually average really well for the back end of the year, but the problem is I don't know what's wrong with him. Yeah, well, that's it. Hawthorne aren't uh, really releasing much information on that. So. No. But if he's named for 359K without Impy there, I think his last game he actually scored like over 100, similar to what he did earlier in the year. So it just depends. That's a real risk, though, with Will Day. So I'm probably not sure if I'd actually go there. Um Brad, Brad Shepard's getting a little bit of love from people, and just because he's got that minus one in his score, which comes out this week, so his break even is ten. So uh, for a guy who's real ridiculously cheap, um, you know, he he's the sort of guy at home that can go a hundred, hundred and ten, and then they play away and he goes like sixty. Um, but if you're if you are in that sort of desperate need of a you know a D six and you have no cash for whatever reason, and that like you could do worse than Brad Shepard at 
what, what's your price at, like 310 or something? Yeah, I think the the true value one, I don't think there's anything really underneath 386 apart from, say, Shepherd, which is a real, um, you know, stab in the dark when you're counting sheep. Um, 386 is Jack Bowes now, averaging 89.8 for the year. He's been, ever since he's come back from injury, though, he hasn't been great, but he has been building. There is a positive correlation or a positive trend over his last three. He's starting to now work back into it. Uh, That's going to be a complete risk considering the fact his last four, his highest score is 86, which has just come along now. Uh, I think Lacocious has probably started to really improve in Bose's absence, and now Lacocious is actually the one that's, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, the hard could, thing is, the hard thing for that is, because I was at that game, naturally, um, and they they played with no attention at all. Like, I, I watched the Gold Coast defenders. Lacocious just did whatever he wanted, um, taking into set mark. Hand off to Bose, hand off to Markov. Markov was looking for Brandon Ellis, who racked it up like 30 times. And they just had no pressure on them at all, at all which the whole Richmond game has been based on for a, a number of years. So I don't know if the Giants are going to afford the Gold Coast defenders that much um, room this week, um, and especially at a cold, wet Ballarat. Um, so it might be if you are able to hold off another week and you were looking at going one of those guys, maybe just hold off and see what happens up there there first. Yeah, no, I feel you. Um, moving on to the midfield. Now, for me, it's going to be an interesting one here because there's not, there's not really many great options under 500,000, but number one under 500,000 would have to be Hugh McCluggage. Uh, averaging 100 flat, we have seen the flash in the pen where he's gone on huge runs. I think he, what do you have, like a six-game average of like 120 or so nearly. It was absolutely huge. That was, I think, when Lockie Neal was probably out of it. So it is a, a huge risk. But if the Lions get on a bit of a steamroll, Hugh McCluggage is someone that could actually go on a run and end up averaging you quite nicely for the end of the year. Taylor Adams is probably also the next one. He's gone big a couple of weeks in a row now. Probably I'd go more... Uh, I'd probably go McCluggage over Adams based on his body. But Adams is scoring better at the moment. What do you think, Swiss? Yeah, I'm actually just going to go like I agree with McCluggage, but Adams' body always worries me. The one I actually real left field one is Luke Dunstan. Um, he's gone since he's come back 131, 79, 105, 109, 118. Now, this is a good talking point, ladies and gentlemen. I've seen someone uh, post this on AFL 360 as well. So shout out to Ben, Jared, and Co. Um, now, the thing that I have is is that Jones is coming back into that side momentarily. One or two weeks. Now, Dunstan, he's killing it, so I expect him to hold his spot, right? But the problem is that he was on their shit list. He has been in VFL for ages trying to get his way back in, and now he's playing well enough to hopefully hold his spot, and he's doing really well. He's getting a lot of ball. But when is it Zach Jones coming in, back in? Nathan Jones' uh, brother. Yeah, well, yeah. It, it, it so, definitely won't be Hannibury. is the only no, other one. Because... <laughs> no, no, not Hannibury. But Zach Jones, I think, could be back into that mix, which is then another midfielder in with, you know, Steele and Crouch and Zach Jones. Do they need another Dunstan? That's my, my, my only thing thinking with Zach Jones coming back um, is the fact because Gresham's out injured and then obviously Hunter Clark's um, missing. But I know Hunter Clark spends more time down defence but does have the, the, that, that midfield run. And even with Caulfield now injured and that is the, the fact that Zach Jones could play more outside on the wing if need be. 
um, and then they could keep Dunstan in there. But yeah, it is definitely a bit of a worry depending on how they play. So there are there are question marks there on how how they might do things. Yeah. Now here's another one. So he, he is rumored to be coming back, Swiss. I don't know if you know this, but I was like, Emilio Canelio is meant to be back soon. Now I'm not sure how it's going to fare. I wouldn't be picking him up. His break even's one seventy four, but he is four hundred seventy seven thousand. So if you're not in a in a, in a um, direct rush, coming into league finals, Cornelio could be a nice little cheap option at a low four hundred, if you are desperate. And I think if you give him a couple games, he could actually do all right. So when when are finals? Round nineteen, round twenty, round twenty. Yeah, so it'll be nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two. So yeah, nineteen. Yep. So it's round seventeen. So you could easily, if he plays this week, wait for a couple. Um, I'm not sure yet, but he's one that you could watch out for because he has done well. Now the only issue is, is that he, he was horrible before he got injured. So, uh, look, make of it as you will. We are obviously scraping the bottom of the barrel here. Um. All right. Who have we got next? So. Gaff, what, injured, isn't he? He was out last week or this week. He's gone. I think when we get down there, Elliot Yo starting to build a little bit of form. He's 446,000. He's 107 average, uh, 107 on the weekend, should I say. Has been horrible before that. So, again, you risk. You're hoping that maybe he will give you a glimpse of what he's done previously. But, again, there's huge risk in a guy for 440,000. The Eagles ones, we're talking about soft draw. Uh, North Adelaide Saints pies. Uh, coming up in their next four, um, and they have to win. And Yo, I think, is their best midfielder. So if they, they need to play him in the guts. So, yeah, they need to put him in there, and he, he should score well. But, yeah, there's always a risk with that. Yeah, um, but with risk comes the price. And if you can only afford 450000 do you know what I mean? Then it's kind of like, well, Cripps has just hurt his foot, which is inflamed. No structural damage, yeah. I believe, but still inflamed. You wouldn't be picking him up. Uh, at this point, Elliot Yo's probably got... Some of the most upside. Uh, Chera, again, for a guy who's 425,000, just hit another 111 on the weekend. So he's he's really up and down, though, uh, at the moment, Chera. Yeah. He's, he'll get you 100 one week or near it and then drop like another 50 or a 60. And um, that, that's all the role-based of how they play the Fremantle um, midfielders. Uh, so sarong has been doing a tagging role. It depends if Fife and if he's fit. Sonny Walters has been playing more midfield um, or forward when he's available, but still sometimes runs through there. Mundy's just she's going to tick off, keep ticking on until he plays 400 games. Looks fantastic. So he plays in there. He's still got Brayshaw. So I've got a, quite a few people that run through there. Darcy Tucker um, can. So it's not... Where we're at the start of the year, we just thought this was going to be Brayshaw and Chera's midfield. It hasn't naturally um, worked out that way. So, yeah, I'm not as big big fan on the Chera pick at the moment. And I think also um, it might affect him on he's still trying to work out what he wants to do next year. You know, does he stay at Frio? Does he go to, well, the rumours are, you know, Richmond, Essendon or... Um, yeah, I think Collingwood was thrown in there too. So, yeah, it's it, if he comes back to Victoria or if he stays in Perth. So, yeah, I'd be just staying away from Chera. Yeah, no, fair call. Um, here, here's the big one for me now is Matty Rowell, right? Matty Rowell is extremely cheap. 399000 He's in 5% of teams, funnily enough. Now, He's dropped 95,000. He, he's ex- extremely cheap. Now, he hasn't been playing well. I think he got an 83 on the weekend. I think he's building into it. Like we saw with Danger and these other guys coming back, it takes them about a month of 
building into it before they get their confidence back, before they start to actually make impacts at the contest. For that price, now for me, if I'm if I'm looking if I need a defender and I have, say, Laird in my defensive line, right? Um actually no, that's that's not that's not gonna work. I'm just trying to say, as in, I'd rather say a for the price point, I'd rather a Real than a Bose. Uh, yes, for sure. But there's like ten thousand dollars difference. I was watching him closely because you know we don't obviously get the opportunity to watch the Suns a lot down here, um, and there was quite a, there was some neutral fans that were sitting near me who'd just come to watch Real and King Bot play. Um, there was one young St Kilda fan I was telling you about. It was yeah, they're just as she. She was cheering Raul every time he got the ball, and he didn't get a lot, but he did see a little bit off the pace still. Um, yeah, but he was, as you said, he was working into the game. Um, so I don't know if it'll be this week again, but yeah, I'm sure within the next, you know, couple of weeks he should find his mojo and and start, you know, turning those sort of 70s and 80s into 90s and 100s. Yeah, so I was thinking about those who might have had lead in the midfield and had say Highmore on field in defence, and then they need either a defender or a midfield. Um, could work out either way that way. So it's an interesting one. I I am not uh, against bringing in Raul, but again, you're hoping, like anyone, basement price, you're hoping that he gets back to form and starts knocking out a couple of 120s, which could look genius uh, if it actually pans out. So, Yeah, my other theory, I was just, uh, I just went past Jared Berry's 12. What's a, well, I guess he's just been coming back from injury, but... I've always got this theory that players that are still out of contract, it either goes one or two ways and that they just completely, you know, too much in their mind, a bit like maybe Chera's got at the moment, or, you know, they're, they're playing for their life and they, and they need to put in some great performances. And one like that is George Hewitt right now um, as a real left field person because, yeah, he's out of contract um, and doesn't seem to be a lot of talk about him. So he's gone 102 and 97 um, in the last couple of weeks. So they had a 93 before that. So, yeah, players like that in their situation who might be playing for their footy life um, you know, could finish really strong is because, A, they're either got to try to get their contract or, B, their their current club wants to try to get as much value out of them as possible for a trade. Um, so, yeah, I think somebody like that could have a big, big finish to the year. Yeah, no, it's interesting, but uh, I think that the issue I'm going to have with Hewitt is when some of these young guys come back in again, lately I think they've needed him because they've, they've been missing some of the young dash and talent and flair that they've sort of drafted into their team, that Hewitt's actually played a little bit more of accountability lately. Now, I could be wrong, um, but I feel like he's been given a bit more of a job to do, and he, and he flourishes in that sort of role, and he's been scoring well because of it. My only concern is that when some of these other young guys come back in, is it going to change his scoring? But and, I, d- and I do that, agree. And we've talked about the risk and that. And that, it's just my little theory that yeah, I always have. Sure. It seems to be the case because there are players right now who are playing for their footy life. And if you're, well, you know, a lot of us listening might be earning between forty and say $100,000 in our jobs. If you're earning three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 and you, you've got four to six weeks to show you why somebody, why you need to, you know, deserve a contract like that again, you know, you're going to be doing everything to, you know, keep – yeah, get get that opportunity to get that contract again. So, um, yeah, we always do see a few people finish strong, and and this is always how we end up talking about random players in the preseason because we go, oh, look at that player; they last four to six weeks. Correct. Um, yeah. 
and it happens every year. Now, it's choosing that player is always the difficult one. Um, but, yeah, that's just the theory that I've had that a few people out of contract sometimes just, yeah, turn it on for those, those last few weeks. Now, here's my left field option. Apart from the ones that we spoke about already, um, another one, yeah, Tim Kelly's 394K, so he's dropped 123,000, so maybe Tim Kelly will pull his finger out. Uh, Bailey Smith is another one. Started to show a little bit of form lately, but was a bit unders this week with a 75. He's 394,000, so again, more risk. But these are two players who could average you 100 for the rest of the year. Now, my one is going even cheaper, Ed Kernow. Now, Ed Kernow is 367,000, which is absolutely ridiculously cheap. He's $145,000 underneath what he started at. He's been really off the last sort of five rounds, right? Before that, though... When we have a look, before five rounds ago, he was averaging you 97.1, right? Uh, Before he actually had the five, three, four, five. Sorry, before that, he was averaging 100.9. So his last five has actually been really quite low. He's averaged poorly for the last five rounds, which is why he's extremely cheap. If, it's not even the last five rounds. The last two, he's still gone 82, 80, uh, 88. But there was those three weeks against Sydney West Coast Giants there. Yeah, yeah. 59, 42, 40. And outside of a Port Adelaide 58 in round five, yeah, nothing else has been under 82. Yeah, no, he's been real serviceable. Um, got a 132 against like Gold Coast and a 137 against Brisbane. Now, he always does it against Brisbane too. Now, the thing I like about Kernow is, is that, number one, Cripps hurt his foot. Now, he might play, but he's not going to be great. Well, even less so than normal. Um, they play Geelong this week, so he probably plays an accountable role there because that's what he likes to do. Now, when he plays accountable, he can actually still win the footy. Now, if Cripps is a bit banged up, and he has been for the whole year, if Carlton don't make finals, it wouldn't surprise me if they even rest Cripps a little bit more than usual, right? That, that's, that's exactly where it is right now. At the moment, the Blues, because of the Richmond, West Coast, and Giants form, uh, they are only six points out of the finals. If they lose to Geelong and lose badly to the Caps this week and the Giants um, have a win, that's a 10-point gap, which uh, I don't think they're making up in six weeks of footy. So you could see Cripps being put on ice within a week or two if this foot is as, oh, this injury is as bad as um, well, worse than what we think it is. Um, and there's always that chance with Cripper that you know he's probably getting a few shots to get through the game and definitely an opportunity for Kurnow to take that spot. Yep, exactly. And they play Collingwood, North, Saints, Gold Coast, Port, GWS to finish. So I think that's definitely not the worst draw in the world. He is so cheap. You could do a lot worse. Most weeks he'll probably knock you out 100. Um, occasionally he might yeah, get you a stinker. But I think for the value there, I think he's actually exceptional value for a guy who is notorious for averaging you you know, 100 or aroundabouts. Yeah, and he has the he has that potential hurt factor, especially if like you're playing a Super Coach Finals, where he can go one one twenty one thirty on his on his day, and that and that would just kill your opposition. Um, there's even been games where you know he's, he's got up that one sort of. I think he had a one forty eight against Richmond a couple of years ago, um, and it, yeah, there's it, plenty of scoring where he's got those one thirty. So you know he you know he's going to probably knock one of them out on the run home. Um, you just hope that that basement of 82 is more likely and he doesn't go back to, you know, those three weeks where he had those couple 44 scores. Yeah, but at least his, his body's quite good anyway. Uh, also, a little shout-out to Tom Phillips, who's dropped $50,000 in cash for this year. Uh, look, shout-out to him. And as for our friends, SC Elites. Congratulations, you're stupid in three languages. <laughs> 
Uh, there you go. <laughs> See if you can name that movie, ladies and gentlemen. Um, just, just going down one last one, and this is not an option, but fuck me, Jason, Jackson Hately leaves the Giants to get midfield time, and he's played three games this year. Yeah, he's shit. That's why. You know why? Because someone, someone spoke about him being uh, – he's probably his manager. I reckon his manager's blown smoke up his ass, right, and just gone – Hey, you can get midfield minutes. You're you're worth something. You're worth something. They're just not giving you opportunities because, yeah, they're being real harsh and they have a lot of players in their midfield. So he believes them and goes, "Yeah, sure, we'll go somewhere. We'll go to one of the the worst teams in the competition and get you midfield time." And he still can't get a fucking gig. Now, that's got to speak highly to how shit Hately is. Sure, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's got to. Like, it's just, and even then he was like sub and he's just hasn't even looked that great. And I'm like, well, what good are you, mate? Imagine bringing him in a keeper league and holding him all this time, watching him not even get a gig going, you know what? (laughs) Someone else can have him. Exactly. Yeah, I feel you there. Uh, I think that's it for the midfield. Now let's go forward line. Forward line I think is where it's all at because that's where people actually want the value. Now we're going to start on the back end here. We're going to go straight up and in to my man, Wherever I can find him is Jack Darling. Now, Jack Darling is 327,000, knocked out a nice little 101 on the weekend. Uh, He's been okay the last couple of weeks. Now, the reason he dropped a whole bunch in cash is because he had three really horrible scores, a 24, a 67, and a 27, and that is horrible. Before round 10, though, up until round 10, he was averaging 89 and above, and he scored, I think it was like three tons and a few 90s or around thereabouts. And I think he's quite serviceable. Now, here's the benefit of West Coast. Now, I know West Coast aren't great at traveling at the moment as at all as a, as a team, but they play North, Adelaide, Saints, Collingwood, Melbourne, Fremantle, Brisbane. Now, outside of Melbourne, who have a good defense, and Brisbane, that have a good defense, it's absolutely a fucking field day for, say, someone like Darling out of, what's that, five of those rounds? Yeah. And for 327000 for a guy that can go huge with a big ceiling and has been prone to averaging 90 towards 100 for runs at a time, I think Darling is exceptional value, especially if you have a CCJ. It's like, was it 50000 If that, it's not much at all. It's like $50,000 upgrade to get a guy who, A, plays games all the time, have an easy run, right? How many are they playing at Optus? One, two, three, four games four. of their last seven at Optus. And, yeah, they're back to a full capacity this week against North as well. Full crowd against North Melbourne in West Coast. Darling is going huge. You would, you would expect so. The only issue is probably if he if he was to get a Ben Mackay matchup, um, who's uh, a, a really good defender, but I probably think he probably goes for Josh Kennedy and Darling will get up the ground and just do his thing. So, yeah, you definitely uh, could go a lot worse than Jack Darling. You definitely could. Um, the next one, Harry Mackay, not great, but 331K. For me, Darling over Mackay. You, what do you think, Swiss? Yeah, Darling over Mackay, that's yep. a no-brainer. No, I agree. Um, Liam Ryan as well has been not great of late. Um, didn't Hasn't been playing either. What's he been injured? Yeah. So, so it's, it's, your next one is going up to the 346 guy who uh, kicked the bag on the weekend, which is my Tommy, man, Tommy. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Lynch. Um, look, as we say with Tommy Lynch... That's it, boy. Get in there nice and deep, mate. Get in there deep, mate. Get those marks, get those buckets and kick some snags. Uh, I do like Tom Lynch. Now, they do have an easy run home as well. 
Went 126 uh, in the week just gone. And same as him in Rewall, but I think he could be the biggest beneficiary as far as like key forwards go. Collingwood, they should do well against. They've got Fremantle, who are generally undersized to a certain extent in their defensive line. North, GWS, and Hawks. Um, GWS are probably a good defensive side. Brisbane and Geelong, I think, are also good defensive sides. Outside of that, though, he's not a bad option for 346K, and he has if you, been... If you were desperate for it, or if you had the luxury of an F7, and that, there would be um, yeah him or Darling, as we've already talked about, but Lynch on his day we know can go massive. Um, the only probably negative to Lynch is a lot of people have the shipload policy. Yep. And... Uh, yeah, a lot of people regard Tommy Lynch as a shit bloke. I don't get it. And that, what he, you know, he just wins premierships. That's what he does. No, no, no. I, I completely understand that. So I feel many people don't like him in his team. But yeah, it's, um, if you want somebody who has the potential to come out and kick a bag, um, yeah, he's definitely one at a, at a decent price. Well, I actually thought it was a little bit ironic, the fact that um, Gold Coast beat them and he left Gold Coast to, yeah. to win games. Um I actually did hear that before the game, Tommy Lynch caught up with Tuke Miller and um, Tukey was pretty much like, Last Monday was a fluke. Bring it on, woman. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> Another one. Who, can you name that movie, Swizz? Are you a movie person, Swizz? Or do I need, I am, do I need but Chris? I can't name that one. Really? Oh, Big Daddy, mate. He's he's in the bar, takes a little kid to the bar, and he said, hey, old man river, oh, no, break it or zip it or I'll break your hip. Another one. So, um, look. Going up, keep going up. Three fifty six. We've got to mention three forty nine. Three forty nine. Three forty nine. Oh, three forty nine. And you got You got to look oh, at. You got to look at fucking, Goldilocks, I just mate. Going, kept going past Heaney and that. I'm like, yeah, no. that's not, Goldilocks. That's not um, again, you could do a lot worse. You're hoping that he has more games, like what round nine, one ten. Uh, he's eighty six in round eleven or something or other. What was it? And the round after that. So you're hoping he goes on those runs where, you know, 110, 86, 128. He hasn't been great the last four weeks. He at least got an 80 this week. For 350, I think he could also do a lot worse than having a Heaney in the side. The issue is that he is also a week-to-week proposition, which for me is where I think Darling still probably wins out over Heaney. Now, the one I was going to mention is, is uh, I can't even believe I have to say these words, but fucking Mason Wood, how's he scoring been? Yeah, he's gone on big runs before, though, Macy. He's, uh, it's an interesting one. Are they missing many forwards there, though, or has he just been he, – he was sub at one point, wasn't he? Like it's... He was. And yeah, he's, he's had a 22 and a 16, but then he's got, uh, yeah, he's got 113, 94, 108, and 97. He was cheap, too. He was he low was. 200s. How yeah. we, did we miss that one? Well, there's Mason Wood. Like well, that's true. Um, His last four rounds have been exceptional. Yeah, true. He's uh, what ninety nine point seven over three, and he was the sub four rounds ago for a sixteen. So he's gone one thirteen ninety four one oh eight ninety seven. Yeah, not bad, hey. And especially yeah. for a shit bunch like the Saints. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's um, I got a lot of Saints mates who probably just heard that, and they're gonna fucking ring, ring me for for saying that. But ah, fuck is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, look, it's one of those things, and and they're not they're, they're doing okay, right? Yeah. Um, here, here's the one thing I was talking about. Someone said, "Oh, in, you know, enjoy that content when the season's over and it's finals, and we have nothing to talk about." But I think we could have something to talk about. I reckon I wouldn't mind 
doing a reaction video where I watch highlights for, say, the Brisbane, the Richmond, and the Collingwood game, and we just, like, talk and test shit through the game. Oh, be- as, I, as I said, you could we could have just done a podcast on uh, Thursday night at Marvel while I was there around the Richmond supporters. Oh. And, uh, yeah, we, we would have had 10,000 viewers that week, and that, I'll tell you what, the reactions I could have friggin' filmed were just amazing, Swiss, including myself. Swizz was blowing up. Someone had to, like, calm him down. Are you a big man? Huh? I'm talking to you. What? You wake up in the morning, you say, I put on my big boy pants. Look, I'm wearing a belt. I got big boy pants on. <laughs> Swizz was going <laughs> off, like, absolutely just... Yeah, oh, <laughs> it was like the podcast where we wound you up and just watched you go. You were like, where's the mic? I want to record now. Yeah, fuck give me fuck this fucking team. Now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so even, good. Even to the point where I got in an argument with a security guard and that, so, oh, mate, I was, I was willing to take on anyone that day. Oh, fuck me, fucking shit. Um, so moving on, we've yes. got Jordan Begoli at 407. He's probably the better one. Danaher's still 397. Um not great, but Danaher is a fluctuating forward. Tex Walker's got an injured neck, so I think the next best one for me is, you're right, it is Dugowie. Uh He's gone really well the last two rounds. He's gone a 115 and a 114 the last couple. I think he's probably the pick of the bunch as far as those around that 400 mark. He has probably yeah. the best scope to so, average closer and I, and towards I'm 100. Skipping, I'm skipping Connor Rosie there because Butters is back. Um, and with Robbie Gray out, I expect Rosie to... Play more forward. Play forward, yep. Um, Good call. Been, uh, so, yes, that's why I skipped Rosie and went straight to the goalie just because the role. Robert Harvey's put every um, all the main pies back in there. Didn't help side bottom on the weekend. But, yeah, you know, Pendles and, and the goalie have been getting that midfield time again. So, um, yeah, they've, they've naturally been scoring well, especially the goalie. Yeah, so for me, it's probably if you have little cash, it's probably Darling, number one. If you have the 410 mark, I think, Dugowie is an exceptional pick. If I had the money, I would actually probably take the risk and I would go with Marshall over Dugowie. What do you think? Would you flip? Would you go Marshall over Dugowie if you could? I'm actually, I'd actually go Dugowie unless you needed, you wanted that security of a ruck back up and you say you had Tracy there or a 102 forward ruck um, loophole. But I'm more on the Dugowie train at the moment. Um, always towers up Richmond. Loves playing Carlton, so you know his next two weeks are going to be great. Um, and then they've got the well, the you know, the Anzac replay game in the last round against the Bombers. So he's a big game player. Loves playing big games. Um, so I think there's three games there where he's probably going to go, you know, at least a hundred, if not more. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's interesting because. I think you you must be right because I wish I had the money to go Marshall and I would have gone him over to Goey. So I don't. It, I think it's right though if you have a forward swing in the ruck position, a ruck forward, then Marshall probably gives you that flexibility that you could use. Um, I don't know. Like I've got to go in now, but I kind of wish I had Marshall because I think he has better scope. But again, injury is an issue, so it's probably personal preference. There you go. And. The fact of how bad I've been picking lately, Swizz must be right. And uh, Dugowie is probably the option to go. Um, to go. Hey, boy, look at that. Don't even mean to. Uh, what about the next one, though, is your man, Tom Hawkins, right? It's like if you're not first, you're last. He either goes a 50 or a 100. For 460 yeah, I, 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 um, the It's the perfect world now because Jez, Jez is 
injured himself again, unfortunately for Jez. Um, but that's what Hawkins was kind of probably needing because now there's only one person to kick it to in that forward line. And the moment Cameron went down injured, what did Cameron have? Three goals at the time? Yep. Cameron goes off and Hawkins goes and kicks six goals. Um, so, so for four for four sixty k, he's already dropped one hundred eight thousand this year. So you think Hawkins? So if you if you have four hundred uh, four hundred sixty thousand, for me, I think Hawkins is probably the best guy you can bring in. Uh, well, what's he going to what's he going to kick against the Blues this week? Uh, you know they got North in three weeks. Well, even the Tigers with no Bolter. Who else? We mean we're missing freaking half our back line. So um, and he kicked six against us last time. Yeah, North. Uh, St. Kilda, and then those last three games, the Giants, Saints, and D's all down in in Geelong. Even and we Fremantle. Know yeah, Fremantle. Who's going to yeah. try and muscle out Hawkins? Like, there's no one well, that's well, really... Like, they're going to have to put, like, Pierce or Luke Ryan on them. And yeah, but they're not big. They're, Pierce yeah, isn't... Right. They're, not, they're not big boys. They're no, exactly. you know, they're no Marcus Adams. Like, it's... And, and this was the reason I got Hawkins at the time. And, and I knew he was going to go shit in that Bulldogs game. I even said it that week. I know he's going shit this game. But I just wanted him because I know that potential um, for the hurt factor. And there's games here on that run home where he's going to get into gear. Um, it's just annoying that I spent like, you know, an extra 60K to, to get him in. Um, but yeah, I can see him going some massive scores. It could be this week, um, but it could be any of these weeks, and especially those Geelong games. <laughs> Look out! So a big one here then, because I know people have been flagging Bailey Dale into their side. Would you pick Hawkins over Dale? I personally pick Hawkins, but I yeah, you can't deny what Bailey's been doing this season. Um, and yeah, he's had some really good games, but then it does get thrown in with that odd bad game too. Um, you know, he had the 50 against Geelong, weather didn't suit him that night, uh, naturally, but, um, it, it depends also on their setup and how they play Daniel and Williams. Uh, but he, he's more been the go-to coming out of the back line. Uh, the thing also is Freo, West Coast, North, they did those games fairly comfortably. So um, against probably better opposition. Uh, so the D's are coming up for them. Uh, who else they got? They got Port last round. So they probably might not score as well there, but they've got some other softer games, you know, the, the Suns, the Crows, the Hawks. So, yeah, he could definitely still score well. So it's possibly the coin. If, you put, if you're happy to ride the highs and lows of the uh, key forward, get on Hawkins. If you want something probably a little bit more consistent, uh, but who might throw in one or two bad games? Yeah, Bailey Dell. Yeah, he's more than fine. Yeah. And and, it's, and, he, and he probably goes in with the guy above, straight above him, which you know, Jakey Stringer has been on a freaking roll lately. And it just, again, it's role dependent. And the he Bombers was, are He was field. cheap. I wonder if Dylan Shields will actually mess up with his um, scoring a little bit. But he's gone exceptionally large the last three weeks 180 80 for 110 Stringer. He was. Before when he what that was it the forty four he was like three hundred fifteen thousand yeah then, exactly then went a one eighty so and and I apart from the bombers having a few soft games the crows and north in particular coming up um, this is what I'm saying about players out of contract and we know Stringer's pushing for four years he wants a big large contract and we we know the ups and downs and the injury history which clubs are very skeptical on offering that in, in particular the bombers at the moment but I don't know how much interest from other clubs. But if he was to continue to show, you know, these sort of performances, because we know it's in him, if he can show it consistently on the whole on the run home 
and was able to string those five, six, seven weeks together, all of a sudden it's it's hard for the Bombers not to go, well, here's your four years. Yeah. Now, here's the thing with me, right? Apart from, say, Dusty Martin, which we'll exclude from conversation because he's so highly owned and he's still a great option. Exactly. And he's still a great option. If you don't have him at this point in time, you might as well just try and go for a point of difference for your leagues anyway, to be fair. Um, For me, I think it's it's Hawkins number one in that price bracket underneath 500,000 just based on his potential and the fact that things have switched a little bit his way. Now, Bolton... Is another one. He's been so. He, I watched him. He looked so fucking lazy. Even at quarter time, he got lucky, kicked a goal or whatever. But I was watching him, and he was, the, he was in the shot. He was ahead of the contest in the shot, and the ball went backwards like five meters, and he had not moved. He's waiting for the cheap ball out. He was just so lazy. I, like, literally looking back at how bad he's played the last couple of weeks. It, it's, I, I'm, I'm honestly furious. Right before that. Was it 110, 110, 99, 121, 108, 102, 119, 96? I bring him in 44, 59. Right? So when you put all that together, it's easy. Wait a minute, look! It's Captain Hindsight! (laughs) Fuck me. That is, you know, and picking people based off form, it's just infuriating. And at this point in time, after those two rounds, you just can't pick him. Well, that's the annoying thing because you've got the data, you've got the role. And all of a sudden it changed. And, you know, I was messaging you going, oh, I have no idea what's fucking going on. You know, he's yeah. been playing midfield and now all of a sudden isn't. Yeah. So, oh, I don't uh, know. Maybe he's carrying something. but Maybe. Um, and that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, the other thing I want to talk about is Zach Belly as well, just under 500,000. So, this is the last one we'll finish on today. Oh, huge champion. He does, he does look better every single game he plays. Now, I've had people uh, like Fab messaging me through. He's a big fan of what, uh, so trains... PT trains in North Melbourne and Essendon. Uh, also gives me some real good insight sometimes, boys. And he wanted to know, from a Brisbane point of view, Zach Bailey, should we get on for four ninety nine thousand Now, initially, my concern was, hey, he's only averaging you 88 for the year. You have a look, and I think it's his last uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine rounds or something. Right? Like he's, he's averaging pretty well. Like It's like 95, I think, for the last nine rounds. So he's actually gone quite well. The issue is he's, he's a lot more expensive than some other players. And mm. his run lately, his last four games, he has been impressive. 103, 133, 80, and 124. Now, it looks great. That's why his price is high because he's had two massive scores. But again, those massive scores were North Melbourne and Adelaide. Two games you're not going to really get again. So it's, you know, when you look at those bottom four caliber sides on scores, Zach Bailey, yeah, he kicks goals, he gets possessions. He's a high-impact player. He's going to get you those big scores. So Saints and Richmond, probably not going to get them. He might get you an 80-odd, and you might feel a little bit upset. Hawks, Gold Coast, yeah, he could score really well. Fremantle, maybe, right? Because Fremantle have some pretty agile guys in defense and through the midfield. And then Collingwood, he might be able to do some good things there as well, like he has before kicking the goal after the siren. Um, I don't know. I'm not sold on Bailey. Like, I love him. I think he's, he's an exceptional player to watch. I wish I owned him in Keeper League and all the rest of it. I think he's improving all the time. But is he worth 500000 in your last position on field, Swizz? If you've got the money, yes, I don't mind it. Um, but... Would you would you uh, rather it's, it's Hawkins, those, Bolton, it, 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 anyone else? It, 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 to me, it comes down to if it was your last trade, for example, and it doesn't matter, like, you're going and just have spare money there anyway, go out and get Zach Bailey. If you... Um, had other trades left, 
of that. And yeah, that yeah, extra 60K could come into play later on. Um, yeah, I'd go and get one of the cheaper options for that. I don't think he's a must-have, but he, you know, he is a goal kicker. Uh, so that does obviously help his score. Um, but yeah, as you said, you know, he, he can't play, like the Geelong game, he only scored 80. Yeah, that's the thing. The Giants game, 69. Richmond were pretty horrible that night. He scored a 93. So yeah, you can't play your North and Adelaide every week. Um, so he might, you know, once again, might go quite well in over the next couple because there's some softer games for the Lions. Um, but I don't expect him to continue to score that way, especially now that Berry's back, Zorko's back. Um, I think, you know, the Lions, are, their lineups are becoming more settled. So they don't need him playing the role that he's been playing. Um, and, you know, he's still a young guy, so young players do tire out. I do agree. Uh, I don't mind it, but I think you could do some better options with that. Um, next one can is... I mean, can I just mention one more before you butt in there? Is it all butt in? Is that a, is that a yeah, code? Sorry. But, there you go, um, just because, like, for a more nostalgic reason than that, and I love the guy, and this could be the last time we ever see him, but Buddy Franklin, have you seen what he's scored lately? He's gone 130, 90, 95, 47, 130, and 113. Is, there, is this the buddy of old here? Yeah, wow, you're not wrong. 130, so he's gone 113 or above in three of his last six, 90, 95. So essentially he's gone, what, five out of six games over 90. Yeah, he's, yeah. It's not bad when you look at, so Western Bulldogs might be a little bit harder. GWS, they like to fire up for those games. Frio, Essendon, Saints, North, Gold Coast. It's not the the, the not the hardest run, should I say. And generally, I think they were saying key forwards generally kick a bag in that last round as well. I think teams switch well, off a little bit. So the, the thing with Buddy, it's all about getting him his thousand goals. As much as the Swans are in a position that they could win the flag this year, they know he's, what, 26 away now? Yeah, um, they, they want to make finals, more, ideally. Like, no, of course. And that is the first goal is trying to get as high up the ladder as possible. But they could be in a situation come those last two or three rounds um, where the Supercoach prelim grand final are, where they might be sealed into six. So I feel like there's a there's going to be a situation where the top five who are, who are already doing it, um, are putting themselves in a, they're, they're already two games ahead of us once. And if, the, if West Coast go down this week, which I don't think they will to North, but hypothetically if they were, um, you know, the Swans could open up a two-game gap over seventh. So the Swans could be in no man's land there. And with Buddy, there's always that chance they could rest him, but I feel like they know there's an opportunity to get him the 1,000 goals. And yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think they're resting him, especially if he's close no, enough and they're, playing, so. and they're playing finals, and that's an extra game that he can chip away into that. Fi- into that's that. right. Yeah, no, I hope he gets it this year. That'd be that'd be one of the, the best years in the making. Especially last round against Gold Coast at the SCG, if he needs anything under 10, the whole game is going to be kick it to buddy. It'll be like Jared Ruffhead's last game. Yeah, exactly. Just handball off, give it to buddy, give it to Ruffy, give it to Ruffy. And then who was it? Was it Ruffy's game? Someone came in and marked it in front of him and everyone like booed them. Was it, um, yeah, yeah. Was it yeah, Gun- I, Gunston or, or yeah, uh, Bruce? Yeah, I was there for it. And it was just the most amazing thing. It was just absolute buddy show. It was a bit, reminded me back when Buddy and Fev were going for the 100 goals that game. And Buddy got it early, and then the Blues just concentrated getting Fev, trying to get Fev the hundred, and then Clarko then put you know ten defenders on on Fev to make sure he stayed on ninety nine. 
But, yes, and I think uh, we did it in the game too. It was the last game of the year. We ended up drawing it against Port Adelaide, but we were trying to get Jasper Coleman. And the result was second. To, you know, we didn't even care about the result. It was kick it to Jack. We've got to get it to Jack. And Jack kicked six or seven that day to win the Coleman. So, yeah, those last couple of rounds, especially the last um, round where teams are just, if they're not a chance of making finals, you know, they've mentally switched off. And if a team's playing for something like that, yeah, it's, kick it to the full forward. So, yeah, it's not the worst idea. And we've seen it before where, yes, a couple of these full forwards come the last couple of rounds can throw in the double ton because, yeah, they kick a massive bag. Yeah, for sure. Last one before we leave you guys, uh, Zach Butters, 501,000. His break even's 143. So, again, if you were someone playing for leagues, he's someone who will be under 500,000 in the next couple of weeks. I expect him to drop. He could be around that sort of, what, 460, 470 mark. Averaging you 103. Now, small sample size. He went huge. I think his first round, 98, 163, uh, 55, and then a 96. So he was tearing up. He was on 96 before halftime when he got injured in that game. So he is another one, another point of difference. 2% 2 of teams. So you must assume that they are just teams that started with him and have not looked at their teams since because he's been out since round four. So I don't know why he'd be in 2% of teams. So um, what do you think, Swizz? Are you just write him off or... I'm writing him off for now, uh, but let's just see how it goes. Like, yeah, the D's, like, you know, it'll take him a couple of weeks to get back into it. They're not going to just throw him straight back in the guts. And, yeah, you know, they've still got Wines and Boak and other players um, that do their uh, aim on, you know, that, that do their thing. So why they can, they can, you know, work him into the game. And, yeah, so he probably comes out and scores maybe a 70 or 80 this week. I could be wrong, but I feel like that's probably what he does. Uh, and then it'll just build. And similar to some of those other players that have come back from injury, and, yeah, by the time you hit Supercoach finals, I think he's going to be ready to go. And that, and that's when they start playing the Crows and the Blues. Uh, so maybe give it a couple of weeks if you can. Yeah, pick I agree. Him for, pick him up for 450. And, um, I think and, it's yeah. a great, great option for that. If you're not in a direct rush, for an overall, then I think, you know, Zach Butters, you can do a lot worse. And again, not many of your opponents are going to have him for a guy who can go big and, you know, loves a big game. Even then when he was playing, what is he played, the uh, the seconds. And, you know, Ken Hinckley actually came out saying, look, no offense to the Sandfall, but Zach Butters is an AFL player. So he will play AFL. Like, he just shat all over the competition. <laughs> Even when he was like, just come back from injury, he's like, yeah, look, no offense to the Sandfall, but basically... The only way to get actually conditioning into Zach Butters is to play him AFL because he's an AFL player. So, yep. yeah, I, I think he's a great option. And, look, I think that wraps us up. Uh, we've already gone through our captains. That was earlier in the podcast in case you missed it. Swizz is now messaging you, messaging us, trying to beg to get on the podcast. But, unfortunately, it's been an hour and 12 minutes long, so we're going to leave you, ladies and gentlemen. And Chris can, well, I don't know. What can we say? Today, Junior. Too late, my friend. Too late. Um, look, until next time, thank you, everyone. Stay safe. Stay blessed. Stay on that Zane Dane Zorko train. And Swizz, thank you for joining us. Ah, no problem. Once again, guys, have a great week. And, and um, yeah, it be good to have some bigger crowds at the footy. So get out there and uh, cheer on your Supercoach players and your team. Yeah. Or how, how awkward is it when you're cheering for, like, one or two players from the opposition? Because you're like, yes, if they're going to kick a goal, it has to be one of these two players and that's it. No one else can get the ball. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Exactly. It's really confusing. If if you're with people that don't know Supercoach, they're like, "What the fuck are you doing?" You're like cheering for people from the opposition. You're like, "Yes, no, oh, clanger, oh," and you're like, "What the hell's going on here?" Love it. 
I was said we had a group of girls in front of us and they actually had multis on the game and people have, you know, most disposals and stuff like that. And yeah, even that's weird watching, you know, um, this group of girls guys cheering different players because they needed them to get their multis up. So yeah, now you see some funny behaviour at the footy, funny cheering, but no, nah, it's all part of it and it's all good. So yeah, get out there this weekend, guys, and uh, have a great week. Sounds good. And Swizz, whatever you might do, mate, let's hope you just live large and... Danger's my middle name. Danger. VC, that friend. Uh, look, we'll catch you later, guys. Thank you again. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. I